We, Judy and I, uh, were married and did 13 years of youth ministry in South Dakota. And then God led us to, as, as Brooke said, the country of Ukraine, where we went, went there for 10 years and raised our children there. And then came back with God's leading, and we have been, since we last were with you a couple years ago, we've been ministering in the city of Louisville with Youth for Christ. And God has kept us with Youth for Christ, and most of you know that Youth for Christ was uh, one of the first staff members of Youth for Christ, was the first staff, was Billy Graham. And so that's our sort of claim to fame. And we have enjoyed ministering in Louisville. And uh, we've been working with inner city teenagers. We've been working with uh, uh, teen moms. We've been working with refugees that live in the city, refugee teenagers. And it's been a wonderful couple years of ministry with Youth for Christ. But as we were there, we started getting this itch. I don't know if that's God that was putting the itch in us. Actually, I believe it was. Um, God's putting an itch in our hearts and our lives to go back into international missions. We love raising our children in Ukraine. We love serving the Lord and training youth pastors in Ukraine. And now God was leading us back. And when you're feeling those feelings, one thing not to do is go to another church and hear a missionary speaker speak. Okay? (laughs) And we went to a Christian Missionary Alliance church in Omaha where my son was going to church. By the way, my son son and and daughter-in-law are now serving in Beijing, China also. And anyway, as we were in their church in Omaha uh, just a little around a year ago, the missionary speaker was from Jordan, and he showed this video. And this video really explains our heart as we want to go back into international missions and why God was leading us back there. So watch this three-minute video, and then I'll come back and put you again. Hi, I'm Christian. I never thought I'd be involved in missions work someday. I thought that stuff was best left to the professionals. I'm from America, and in my town, there was a church on practically every corner. I had no reason to think it wasn't like that everywhere else in the world. It wasn't until I took a short-term missions trip with Envision that I realized that not everybody has the same kind of access to the gospel as we are privileged to have. It didn't take long for me to fall in love with the place, the music, the food, the culture, especially the people. They were a lot like you and me. They had plans for the future, They valued family and education and having a good time. But I couldn't help but notice the overwhelming need. I can't explain to you the brokenness I saw all around me. There was the physical poverty of contaminated drinking water and malnutrition, but there was also the spiritual poverty of having absolutely no hope. I was shaken to my core. If you were to knock on doors in the U.S., It would take about six tries before someone answered who could tell you how to have a relationship with Jesus. In places like postmodern Europe, that number is closer to one in 500 doors. In parts of the world where there is no access to the gospel, it's a staggering one in 30,000 doors. I began to realize that I had taken my privileged access to the gospel for granted. I'd never even thought about this access divide that I had just witnessed and was feeling more and more compelled to bring this access to the people who were lost without it. Lost in the system of religion that binds people into submission. Lost in the discord of deities and idols. Lost in a belief that we are alone in this world. That human enlightenment is the path to truth and that our own works will determine whether we get to go to heaven or not. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10, 
how can people call for help if they don't know who to trust? And how can they know who to trust if they haven't heard of the one who can be trusted? And how can they hear if nobody tells them? And how is anyone going to tell them unless someone is sent to do it? I mean, what would this place be like if Jesus' name could be declared publicly? What if these people truly understood what he did for them and why he did it? That was it for me. I was so overwhelmed by the grace I received from my own salvation, I knew I had to share the same grace with those who didn't have any access to it. Many of us share the call to send workers into the harvest field, but my family and I were called to go. We left our friends and family and careers, and now we're in a language study in a country where it's not exactly safe to talk about Jesus openly. That is, until we first earn the trust of those around us. We are doing much more than declaring the gospel message. We're living it out through our actions by serving our adopted community. Otherwise, we can't speak in ways they'll really hear us. We spend our time building friendships with our neighbors so that they might start asking about the reason for our hope. And of course, we'll be happy to tell them. So here we are. And, you know, there are many others in the Alliance who are willing to answer the call, just like us to create access to the gospel in places where Jesus' name is not known. I'm Christian, and this is... Mm -hmm. And this is our story. Our <laughs> I finished it for you. Uh, I like to share our story. Four bridges of missions involved with that and to share related to God's word as well. And our story starts with what our little cartoon character said in this. It starts with the gospel. It starts with the Jesus bridge, the first bridge of missions. And many of us, we maybe were in Sunday school when we first heard about this bridge. We may have heard it from even Romans 6.23. And this is what all missions is about. And so I want to go over it quickly with you this morning. And it says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And that refers to first... Um, the bad news on this side of the bridge. The wages, wages is something we earn. Sin is something that is against the character of God. And death is spiritual death, separation from God, the relationship broken. That's the bad news. And the great thing about this verse is the next word is the word but. But is the greatest word in that verse because it says this is what's bad, but there is something good. And it's related to everything that's opposite of the first part of the verse. Because the gift, it says, which is an opposite of a wage, a gift you can't earn, the gift of God is opposite of sin, is eternal life, which is the opposite of separation from God, eternal death. And it can be found, according to this scripture verse, in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's what we just celebrate with communion. We recognize, we remember that it's through Christ Jesus our Lord and what he did on the cross that we can have this good news, that we can have this gospel. And this is what the bridge is all about. It's because of Jesus that I share this truth with someone else. But the interesting thing is this. When I became a Christian and I gave my life to Christ, I did not immediately go to heaven. And neither did you. If you've given your life to Christ, you're still here. Why did God leave us here? Well, it has to do with the next bridge. He has given us the opportunity of being involved in sharing this bridge with other people. That's what I like to call the relational bridge. Um, 
And let me share with you a story from this last summer of how I really saw this acted out. This last summer, we went and did another English camp in Ukraine. We go back to Ukraine every year, even though we no longer live there. And this last summer, we spent a month there as missionaries with Youth for Christ. And we went there to do an English camp. We use English as a way to, as a hook, to bring people in to the camp because they're non-believers, non-believer teenagers that are interested in learning English. Well, they come to learn English, and they know that Youth for Christ is inviting them, but they don't know very much about the Lord. They probably don't even know Bible stories at all. So we use the Bible to teach them English. And as we do that, we develop relationships with them over the week. Now it's a partnership relationship because all the workers in, youth, in, in Ukraine for Youth for Christ are Ukrainians. Just like in Germany, all the Youth for Christ workers are Germans or all the ones in Mexico are Youth for Christ Mexicans, etc., etc. So we went to partner with Youth for Christ, did this English camp, and we brought our daughter with us. Some of you know the story of our daughter. Maybe you get our emails. Maybe you remember us from two years ago. But we adopted, while we were living in Ukraine, uh, a girl that was eight years old at the time, and her name was Katya. Now she's 18, so that tells you how long ago that was. But anyway, we had her with us this last summer. She came from an orphanage um, that's called Kamarovka, all right? When we went to Youth for Christ this summer, we said, Youth for Christ Ukraine, please invite the, the director and the staff. Invite whoever you want to come to the camp. Two conditions. One, we'd rather like to have as many as non-Christians as we could have there. So 80% were non-Christians and not even gone to church before. And the second criteria was that we'd like them to go have the Youth for Christ leaders that come to the camp that we partner with. We'd like them to go back go back to the cities where these teenagers are so that if they come to Christ during the camp and evangelistically, that they will be discipled as they go back with Youth for Christ leaders in their towns. So those were, that was the, the stipulations. We didn't know what, where they'd come from. The country of Ukraine is the size of Texas, okay, although it's getting smaller and smaller because of Putin. But anyway, that's another story, all right? But it's the size of Texas, 50 million people approximately. We didn't know where the teenagers would come from. We get to camp, and the first day of camp, we're ready to start working, doing the relationship building, English classes, fun stuff that you do at camp, and we're going to have that evening meeting. So I asked the leaders, where are these kids from? I had no idea. It didn't matter where to me. They came from a city called Nizhen. The city of Nizhen, 50% of them came from Nizhen. 50% came within 20 miles of Katya's orphanage, just within 20 miles of her orphanage. That was amazing to us. That was like a miracle of God. So guess what happened? The first night, we had Katya share her testimony. Katya shared about, basically, of how uh, she was adopted physically, but even more importantly, she was adopted spiritually when she gave her life to Christ. First night, incredible relational bridge, right? Uh, between, oh, by the way, this is, he can't, oh, excuse me. This is Katya over here with a bunch of the campers. And then on the last night, this picture is depicting the Youth for Christ staff asked Katya, will you be in a pantomime with us? And we want to do this pantomime that it pictures redemption. We're going to have a guy that represents God, and he's going to create you, and you're going to have a relationship with him, do a little twirl dance, and then you're going to be tempted by sin, different sins in your life. And you're going to give in to those temptations. And you're going to be separated from God from sin. And then you're going to pray to him and ask for forgiveness. He's going to come in and save you in this pantomime. Katya, we do that? Of course we do that. 
So the last night she did this, and there was this character, right, in the skit. Then we gave an altar call. We gave an opportunity for the teenager to respond to this message we've been sharing all week long through relationships, through using the Bible and English class, and the entire camp came forward, except for those that already knew Christ, but basically 80% of the campers came forward. We want to receive Christ. Now we thought maybe something's wrong here. Maybe you didn't understand. So we separated out into the small groups that we had been having. And I remember Judy talking about her small group. She went to that small group and said, why did you come forward? We've been sharing our story. Why did you come forward? Share us your story. Over and over again, the teenagers said, we saw Katya up there. We identified with her story. I want what she has. I want to be a child of God. All right? It was beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. And she was that relational bridge. And that's what we do when we have friends, when we have neighbors, when we are involved in sharing sharing life with people around us. And then when we open our mouths and also share about how we're connected to God's story through a relationship with Jesus Christ, then we're that relational bridge. We're sharing that message. Now, since we're talking about missions, I do want to share with you the third bridge because you have your mission statement on the back here that I'm seeing as you leave church that you say your commission, our commission is found in Matthew 28, 18 through 20, where Jesus said, therefore, go and make disciples. All right. And in Mark 16:15, the also parallel passage of that, it says, go into all the world, right? Make disciples. That means that it includes across the street, it includes down the block, it includes the next city, in our state, in our country, and around the world. Judea, Samaria, other parts of the world, right? Well, that means that there's sometimes a cross-cultural bridge, the third bridge I wanted to talk to you about, that we have to deal with, all right? Across the street, not too much cultural gap between the person across the street from us. The further and further you go, and we can have cross-cultural issues within our own state, but we, farther and farther we go, there are its greater cultural differences, okay? Jesus and God knew this. He knew that we'd have to uh, learn the language and the culture in order to share his truth with other people. Paul did that. The Apostle Paul, thankfully he knew the language and he knew the Greek culture, but he also went as a missionary sent out by churches to go and share the gospel. That's what we do. That's what God has called us to do, and we've been doing that for about 13, 14 years now when churches and individuals and families like you send us out overseas to continue this bridge. And we're doing it by focusing on learning cultures and languages that are foreign to us, but yet we can also share this truth. Now, when we came to Youth for Christ, we saw that video. Remember back to the video again? saw that video in Omaha. We're with Youth for Christ. We're working in Louisville, even working with different cultures. And we ask God, what's this itch? Why are you, what are you doing to us? And we ask Youth for Christ, do you have something that we could also do in serving internationally? And they said, Mike and Judy, we do have a plan for your life. <laughs> they had a position that we're just developing. And they said, what we need, the countries are asking for, each Youth for Christ is in 130 countries around the world, 30,000 staff members around the world. We couldn't believe it when we knew we didn't know that. But every country, Germany, Austria, 
Ukraine, South Africa, Ghana, Sri Lanka. They're all separate ministries completely. Their own national director from that country, their own national staff from that country. But what the countries are calling for is we would like to know what other countries are doing successfully. What ministry models are they doing in reaching teenagers for Christ and discipling them so that maybe another, so that our country can learn from them. Would you connect us with other countries? That's what they asked the international office in Colorado. And so they say, Mike, would you be part of a new team we're developing? And that you will go to these, some of these countries, that you'll go to these regional meetings around the world, and will you help countries connect to each other? When we hear about a good ministry model, like in Ukraine, they do drop-in centers. That means that the churches open their doors up once or twice a week, offer homework help, and give a meal, and do some crafts, and a Bible lesson, and lead these teenagers to a relationship with Jesus Christ. The Youth for Christ leader in the Netherlands heard about it and says, we need that. But why reinvent the wheel? Youth for Christ Ukraine is doing it in 200 churches. What do you do to train your people to do that? And so anyway, so from those, that training material, they're now translating it from Russian to use it in Western Europe. That's what my job will be, helping connect the countries together for the greater gospel good so that this bridge can be bridged the cross-national youth ministry training movement between YFC nations. And would you pray for us as we go forward and do this new position? And as we go forward, we're asking, actually, the Body of Christ Bridge to join us and send us again. We have several individual families. We have several churches that are sending us as Jesus actually did too. You know what? I didn't know about this verse in Scripture. But when Jesus was going from village to village, it says here in Luke chapter 8, Soon afterwards, he, Jesus, began going around from one city and the village to another, proclaiming and preaching the kingdom of God. The twelve were with him and many others who were contributing to their support out of their private means. I really never read that phrase before. But it says there that Jesus had people along with him going out that were supporting the missionary team. Okay, the group that was going forward. And that's what we have had for these last 13 years. We're not sent by a certain denomination. We're not sent by one church. We're sent by many individuals and families and churches that on a monthly basis support us. And we are so thankful for them because we know they're praying for us and they're sending us out as their missionaries, all right? And that's the body of Christ working together and involved in that. And, you know... Uh, we wanted to share with you ways that you can partner with us as well. And um, there are many different ways, and there's even ways to do it without actually financially giving too. The first one is prayer. There is nothing more than prayer support. We believe in that. My wife gets up every morning. She'll talk about that in a minute. And she's gonna, she, and she, and she prays with her best friend um, for an hour each morning, except for Sundays, and prays about different things that are going on in people's and families' lives. And we see the power of that, prayer. And so if you'd like to pray with us and, and, and pray for us and things, we have a newsletter. This, this little card is in our back table. Just grab that. And number two says to pray, and you can go to our website. You could sign up for our email newsletter. You could get a physical one if you prefer that. And, and just uh, go online or send us an email or contact us and let us know. We'll keep in contact with you, and you can pray for our ministry. And we'll send you stories about what's going around the world with Youth for Christ International. And then also you can go with us. Now, the dates are wrong here, but we love going to Ukraine 
on English camps, okay? So there's one stipulation, though. You have to be 18 years old or over, or if you're younger, you have to bring your parent with you. Since there's a war in the country, we don't like taking teenagers without their parents, okay? And so everything's safe, but believe me, this ministry is very valuable. We'd love to have you join us for a couple of weeks in Ukraine next summer. The English camps are extremely effective. I already shared you that story. We'd love to have you join us. More information is on our website there as well. Another way, of course, is to send us. Be part of our sending team. You can financially give to us on a monthly basis or even another way that many people don't know about is through this little brochure back there called Steer Incorporated. If you happen to run cows, all right, or cow-calf, you do not have to donate a cow to raise money for our support. There is a mission in, based in Bismarck, North Dakota called Steer Incorporated. They have money literally have money they're just sitting around and all they want to do is buy cows off of if you run cow calf pairs and just buy a cow off of your herd and send you the check for it if you would then every year send a, that calf well then they own that cow you no longer own that cow okay but you keep running it you just keep running it with the rest of your herd and then that calf the new calf every year that had that cow has can be sent that money sent to steer incorporated and 90% of that money goes to our support. Or another missionary. You can join another missionary too. It's an amazing program. No financial investment, all right, for the rancher, initial investment. Just taking care of the cows, you know, and, and then that calf every year sold for our support. We have right now about 30 cows being raised for our support all over South and North Dakota for the most part. I don't know if we have any Montana ones. So you can join us and we can have some a Montana cow. And you don't have to get a new um, cow that comes from North Dakota. You can have a Montana cow, all right, I promise. And they'll buy one right out of your herd. You just call them up, say, I would like to have a cow for Mike and Judy Manna, and they'll send you the check. Yeah, or you can buy it from a sale barn and place it with their other cows. That would be great. There is also God's Acres program. If you're a farmer, they pay for the expenses of your acreage. For like if you donate five acres, you don't sign it over to us. Don't worry. Um, and then um, the, the profit, of course, from that goes there too. If you have any inf- questions, ask us later. But the issue is this, is that we feel like you are part of our team. And the bridges that I talked about, are the Jesus Bridge, we need to know the bridge. There's the relational bridge. We need to be that bridge. And the cross-cultural bridge, we need to share the bridge, okay? And also pray and support the bridge. Judy's going to come up and share with you just a couple quick stories, and we'll conclude. Thank you so much for having us and for listening and just being part of what God is doing around the world. thankful for Brooke and Renee for inviting us to to be part of your body this morning but um I'm just gonna gonna continue to share uh, Mike was telling how God has led us over the course of this year and drawn us back into international missions again and a few weeks ago I was having my quiet time just praying God I, I love to write and I was just asking the Lord to help me to record what he has done in our lives to to bring this to this point because it's been a lot of change. Larry was talking earlier 
about not loving change, and, and I relate with that, and, and God is on the move in our life again. And uh, so anyway, I'm just going to read to you, I, I, I wrote, what, what has taken place. Uh, Mike mentioned that, that we've, with Youth for Christ in Louisville, we've worked with inner city kids and, and refugee. Um, Louisville has 60,000 refugees. Sitting in a poor yet homey apartment in the refugee projects of Southside Louisville, my eyes took in the foreign decorations on the wall while sipping chai tea and munching tasty though unfamiliar treats. The sisters from Nepal, ladies just a few years younger than me, answered questions from my survey, which was my final project for the Perspectives Missions course that we were taking at a church in Louisville. Eyes sparkling, their 10-year-old daughters were our translators. Having attended public school for three years, the cousins were fairly fluent in English. Most of my questions were involved with just hearing their story. But then I read, how much do your Hindu beliefs affect your daily lives? Not very much. We have traditions that we follow and annual celebrations. Next question. Does your faith give you assurance of where you will go when you die? If our good things outweigh our bad, what about you? The family listened intently as I shared about God creating the world, Adam and Eve, sin entering the world, and salvation through the promised Messiah, Jesus Christ. Right then, I had a glimpse of myself sitting in that apartment teaching this family about God. And suddenly I knew that this is what God created me to do. I do not presume to be a teacher like Mike or to lead groups of women because I do not possess those skills. But this, being a friend who shares Jesus, this I can do. And something more. I recognize that because I was a foreigner for so many years trying to learn the Russian language in Ukraine, I have the ability to speak with foreigners. I know which words to use and which to leave out. <laughs> and in that moment, I recognize that God was placing one more link in the chain of events that he has used to direct us to this point in our life, to direct our path this year. A year ago in September, Mike, Katya, and I took a 15-week missions course called Perspectives. It was intensive with no less than five hours of homework and reading requirements each week. We studied how God has advanced the movement of the gospel and the building of his church through prayer, persecution, and mission movements throughout history. One early morning during the months that we were taking this class, I awoke with a burning desire to call my best friend from high school days. Brooke also went to Sunshine Bible Academy with Luann and I. Her name is Luann my best friend, and ask if she would like to start praying together. I just said, Luann, we have always wanted to do ministry together. Why don't we start? Why don't we start praying? I was so impacted by hearing about the, the prayer movements that burned fires across America in, in, in past times and, and how missions movements sprang from those, from those prayer movements. We started that day on October 1st, a year ago, and our prayer times immediately became so important that we have never stopped. As time went on, as we prayed, 
God began a work in Mike's and my hearts, drawing us toward international missions once again. The perspectives classes, sermons, and our personal Bible readings time and time again made us aware that God was asking us to trust him and go. But where, God? We have loved working with Youth for Christ. We love their passion and the heart for youth that has remained the same since Billy Graham was on their staff 70 years ago. So we first asked them if they could use us. As Mike has already shared, what it has come down to is that the YFC leaders around the world are asking for greater connectedness. They want to know what is being effective in ministry in other countries. What is interesting to me is that a few months ago in our Louisville Youth for Christ chapter, each of us staff members took the Gallup Strength Finder test to help us utilize our God-given strengths. Mike's number one strength was connectedness, creating connections, bridges, building a team by utilizing the gifts of other people in the group. Through much prayer and Bible reading, we placed our yes back on the table saying, God, we are yours. Use us where you will. We honestly expected him, and we even gathered our children and told them, we expected that he was going to to lead us to a Russian-speaking Muslim country like Kazakhstan or Kyrgyzstan. But this is the need that our mission had. Mike showed you that that video of Christian. That was was played in, in Luke's church, and that was like the final, oh, we just wept through that video recognizing that God was leading us. And so um, this was the need our mission had. And we recognize that it's God's, God's leading because all things have steadily fallen into place, including selling our home and opening an apartment for us in Columbus, Indiana, where our oldest daughter and son-in-law live. The only thing remaining is that we need to re- raise a greater amount of finances. But even in this, God has led people to support us. We, we started out with a large need, and we're down to $500 a month. Three years ago, we left Ukraine. God brought us to Louisville with Youth Ministry International, but closed that door in only six months while simultaneously opening the door to Youth for Christ. He gave us two years in our Louisville chapter to grow our relationship with Youth for Christ, to help our chapter become a team, and to launch our last two daughters into life and three of our children into their marriages. God gave Mike time to finish his doctorate and attain the academic credentials that will be necessary for this position. Then came the perspectives class where we were convicted to place our yes back on the table. He closed a couple doors that we thought he was leading us through until finally Youth for Christ said, Mike, this is what the nations are asking for. Truthfully, we don't even know if this is the end of the road. Do any of us ever know how God is going to use us today or where he is going to lead us tomorrow? No. All we can know for sure is that we are the sheep of his pasture and the people of his hand. We are called to abide and to serve where he places us, obeying when he says it is time to change pastures. One thing that always has and will remain constant is his presence with us. Again, like Larry was sharing in that, in that song, that he has enfolded us in his presence. Another constant in our missionary journey has been our faithful team of supporters. 
There have been many who have journeyed with us the whole way. That is our story, but God is also writing your story. He will always provide what you need to answer his call. Um, I came across a passage of scripture that I would like you to read as a prayer from your heart. It's a scripture that talks about not being silent with the good news of the gospel, and it's, it's written by David. <clears throat> Please read with me. I desire to do your will, my God. Your law is within my heart. I proclaim your saving acts in the great assembly. I do not seal my lips, Lord, as you know. I do not hide your righteousness in my heart. I speak of your faithfulness and your saving help. I do not conceal your love and your faithfulness from the great assembly. Do not withhold your mercy from me, Lord. May your love and faithfulness always protect me. And one thing that I loved about this passage of scripture is the fact that it is sandwiched. The first verses of this chapter and the last verses of this chapter, David is calling out in his humanness and just begging the Lord for his help. And, and we just recognize that it's through the Holy Spirit that we are able to share. And one of the things that I learned in the perspectives class that just has absolutely changed my boldness in, in sharing the gospel, and I, I spoke about it a little bit in Sunday school this morning, it's about they, they, they just really hammered the fact that God prepares the soil of people's hearts. That is not our job. God prepares the soil of people's hearts, and we don't know where the fertile soil is. Our job is to scatter the seed. They talked about the sower and the seed. Where, does, where do the crops grow up? Out of the fertile soil. And so as we scatter the seed, when a person responds we recognize that we found fertile soil. And, and that just was, I don't know, so incredibly freeing to me this year in just scattering the seed. And if it's not received, if the people don't respond, it's okay. But then there are other times where we start to scatter the seed, like what I shared in Sunday school class, and suddenly the people respond. And they want to know more. And I just want that to be an encouragement to you because as Christians, that is our job, to scatter the seed of the gospel and not to worry about the results. That is in the Lord's, the Lord's hands. The Holy Spirit is working in their hearts. That's not our job. So thank you so much for, for listening. And, yeah, if any of you would... Um, just like to, to join our support team, that would be great. We are just, we truly don't even know yet what it is that the Lord is bringing us to, and we're excited to find out. So thank you.